and we must approach Scripture through a heart of prayer, saying, God, this is your word. I don't want it to be my simply my own interpretation. I don't want it to be simply what I'm reading into it. God, would you reveal yourself so objectively to me? Even because we're going to differ on interpretations. But when we are approaching the word from a faithful heart, saying, yeah. God, remove remove my own biases, my own presuppositions, and create in me a clean heart, oh God. Right. And it's in that clean heart. And yeah, we're still going to have differences. But ultimately, it is the very thing that unites us together because from it, we are, we are finally finding our roles and our purposes and the very things that give us significance in this life. All right, all right. Here we are. We are here. Rolling into another podcast. This is the second one in two weeks. Yeah. This is this is a whole new pace, for me at least. I'm not used to doing a weekly podcast. Yeah, well... Here we are. You're forcing me out of my comfort zone. Well, that's why we, we used to call it the weekly grind. This is true. And then we couldn't keep up. <laughs> yeah. So we just felt that that was a little disingenuous. That's fair. That's fair. So then we moved to Charitable Discourse, and now no one knows what our podcast <laughs> is called. But now, I, you're so you're so on fire. I can't even keep up with you at this point in time. You've got so much input coming your way, and I'm like, hold on, man. Slow down. That's probably what's changed from week to week. <laughs> Yeah, we have our fourth listener though. My wife texted me the other day. She she Sorry, honey. She never listens to this thing. But uh she texted me yesterday, the other day and asked she was she had some time um during her during her day that to she was prepping some stuff and wanted to listen to a podcast. She said, listen "Hey, what are some good podcasts you, you know I should listen to?" So I sent her ours. Yeah, you know I, it's great because honestly, knowing that there's uh, a whole bunch of these studies going on over the spirit of the disciplines, that book that you mentioned on two weeks ago. Yeah. Th- I mean, I feel like that's we can even come alongside them a little bit, and as we discuss that's our right. sermon series and whatnot, and the spirit of the disciplines as they're walking through it. Yeah, and she's part of one of those groups, right? She is. She is. She had one last night. We shoot these podcasts on Thursday, so Wednesday nights are okay. full of just a lot of fun and organic activity. And one yeah, of the Wednesday things that have come hopping here. Yeah, one of the things that have come from that is, yeah, some some smaller book studies uh, yeah. groups. Yeah, that's fantastic. I tell you what, it's 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 so exciting. And in fact, we were talking this morning. I think there's more ministry going on on a Wednesday night than there is a Sunday morning here at the church. Yeah, yeah. We leave, I mean, I leave Wednesday nights exhausted, but so filled it's up. So filled I'm up. almost hung over on Thursday mornings. It, it's it like, truly it's is something a, else. It's it, just been a fun yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, today we're just kind of jumping again, in again. Uh just sensing that this is the season we're in in yeah. ministry and life of the church, and and so you know we've been working through these fundamentals, these spiritual disciplines, yep. as they're often called, yep. and want to spend some time um, on that again today, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, I, if there's something that I'm truly excited for, it is what we are walking through as a church, and the way I'm seeing this, it truly is like a great reset. Like, let's get back to the fundamentals. Let's let's do away with everything else that is distracting us, that it maybe took us away from the fundamentals. And I mean, it's like any other sport. Like, if I'm coaching tennis, there are weeks to where, like, you know what? Forget 
everything that we thought we were going to do this week, we have to go back to what it is simply learning the ground strokes of our faith. Mm-hmm. And this is, I feel like that's where we're at right now. And I think, honestly, our, our people are super excited for it. There's been some amazing feedback regarding everything we're walking through. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, last week, you, you shared a little bit about, you know, just prayer and what that looks like to yeah. commune with God. Yeah. And so, yeah, moving forward into study, into worship, into... Yep. Um, generosity and just what it looks like to have our faith lived out. That's exactly right. And I think even for us as pastors, I don't don't know about you, Ben, but for me personally, as I was preparing to preach on prayer, that, I mean, it was, talk about a process of just being broken down. It it forced me to do away with all presuppositions Mm. on what I thought prayer was and say, like, wait a minute, what is what is truly the purpose of prayer? Like, what? Yeah. Why are we called to do this? And I think it's this is the case for all of the disciplines. Why exactly? It's because I think so often we have been told do this, do this, do this, do this, with really no understanding of why we are doing it. Why should we be in prayer? Why should we be just aimlessly, or what seems to be aimlessly, speaking to the clouds? But when we begin to realize why we are doing something and what is happening in the midst of it, and that's what's so great about it is that it truly is a spiritual reality. So often we are limiting ourselves to the physical, tangible stuff when we and we forget, like, wait a minute, God is in a completely different realm. Yeah. And so therefore we are called to worship in spirit and in truth while we are entering into that spiritual reality. Yeah, I love what you shared Sunday about just prayer not simply being a means to a better life, yes. but it is the better life. It is the better life. Is there anything better than being in communion with God? And if prayer yeah. is our participation in being in communion with God, yeah. then that is the better life. Yeah, We don't have to wait for our circumstances. That doesn't mean, and I want to reiterate this from this past Sunday, because I was having another conversation with another pastor, actually, over this very topic. Um, and I was discussing with him, like, this is, it's, prayer isn't about circumstances changing. But that doesn't mean that we don't pray for our circumstances to change. Mm -hmm. But when we place our circumstances in first place and forget the ultimate purpose and put that in second place, then we're losing everything. Mm -hmm. But when we're putting our communion with God in first, then we can still go to Him audaciously and boldly and pray for sickness to be overcome, for disease to be healed, for for whatever we are boldly praying for, and we can trust that He is hearing us in the midst of it. Yeah. Yeah. And just kind of a little tease. I don't know if this is where I'm going to end up or not, but Mm -hmm. you know, uh, I was spending some time yesterday. I've got the, the week on worship and just, I've just been sitting, I was just sitting in Daniel three and the Lord just kind of led me there. And, uh, you know, in verse 16, you know, okay, you have Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. everyone knows that story from Sunday school growing up, and yeah. the fiery furnace, and all of that, and it's just so, with boldness, how they respond to yes. King Nebuchadnezzar. Yes. It says, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, uh, we do not need to give you an answer concerning this matter of, you know, just kind of what they're facing, uh, but they talk about who God is, mm-hmm. and who their God mm-hmm. is, and why That's they're exactly worshiping right. Him. He said, if it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the furnace of the blazing fire, and He will deliver us out of your hand, O King. But even if He does not, yes. let it be known to you, O King, that we are not going to serve your gods and worship your the golden image that you have set up. Yeah, yeah. They they were they they knew their identity. That's it. They knew That's their God. It. And they knew what he was capable of. Yes. But that wasn't their motivation. Their motivation was birth out of who he was. That's exactly not right. Not their circumstances. And when we when we live into the spiritual disciplines, and yeah. I, I I hope I communicated this well even even this past Sunday, when we live into the spiritual disciplines, it doesn't mean 
Walking through the spiritual disciplines doesn't make us a Christian, but they grow our faith in Christ. And therefore, mm-hmm. like you said, it's our identity. Our mm-hmm. identity is changing because the Holy Spirit is transforming our hearts. Even now I'm getting like I'm yeah. getting all my hand motions yeah. because I'm getting preachy. You're getting but primed. It is. It is truly that's what the spiritual disciplines are for. I mean, yeah. look at Daniel. He was so steadfast right. in his prayer life. Right. His identity was found solely and only in the faithfulness of Yahweh, his yeah. God. And so that even when persecution arose, yeah. he wasn't concerned about that person. He still prayed. And even, he got thrown into the lion's yeah, den yeah. for it. Even, I mean, okay, so even at the beginning in you know, Daniel 1 and 2, of yeah. him, him just the steadfastness, right, of just maintaining his identity and, and okay, king wants him to eat his, his food, yes. right? And yes. so that's where we get kind of that Daniel fast. But really it right. was out right. of... Him, him showing faithfulness to God exactly and, right. and being, being, um, just it was all about the Lord. Yes, in that process, yes. and so as we yield ourselves over, it continues to be all about about who God is. Not, not that we can master Scripture for the sake of intellectual knowledge, right? right? No, but it's for heart transformation, it's for, for unity. Heart. Yes, in the Spirit, knowing, okay, all right, this is where identity. I know if I open this book, I will find out the the revealed will of God I know who God yes. is but yes. also I find myself that's exactly what it oh and it's beautiful and I think even as we discuss the spiritual disciplines and having this great reset this great blank slate when we understand our place in God's story of redeeming his creation back to himself right. we begin to know who God is and like you said when we begin to know who God is if he is uh, for the sake of the analogy of this big drama if he's the director, we don't have to worry about creating a role for ourselves. We no longer have to work our own parts, our own lines, or anything in there. We already know right. that the director has a role for us in this grand plan. And when we engage with the word, all of a sudden our identity mm-hmm. is not worked out by us, but given to us by God himself. We don't have to create yeah. it on our own. Yeah, yeah. And I love the the thing he guarantees us when we pray is wisdom. mm if yes. we seek it, yes. he will give it to us. Yes. And and just how beautiful it is, you know, you, King Solomon, and that's what he wished. Mm-hmm. And then all these things mm-hmm. were added to mm-hmm. him. That's not why he he desired that. But the heart of the piece of wisdom is is knowing the righteousness of God. Yeah. And it wisdom cannot be a self serving prayer, right? Right. When you pray wisdom, you you you're asking you're you're asking God, hey God calibrate my heart to yours. That's exactly right. That I might yes. be in sync, you know? And so shout out to the guys on Wednesday night. Hopefully, I shared them that we do a podcast. Like, Are hey, we increasing you know our followers? Have, I'm hoping. That's what that's what this season's about for me. But yeah, I mean, James 5, we're going through it. You know, if any of you lacks wisdom, ask, uh, let him ask of God, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Yes. What will be given to him? Wisdom. Wisdom. Not necessarily changing in circumstances, or what no, what changes no. is 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 our lens in which we view the world. That's exactly and right. Our perspective, and if the whole idea, if the whole idea of living into these spiritual disciplines is to become, is to live into the sanctified life. Well, we're walking through this with youth right now. What does it mean to be sanctified? Well, it means mm-hmm. to be set apart yeah. for the purpose of glorifying God. But in the midst of doing so, we are being made more and more mm-hmm. and more like Jesus. How amazing would it be if we had a church full of individuals who saw the world yeah. as Jesus saw the world? Someone who could not be shaken, someone who was not, literally peace ran his life. And I think so often, and maybe it's just me, 
But I think there are certain Christianese words, terms, peace and love and hope and joy that are thrown out there and they're mm-hmm. used and they're abused. And, and so when we then want to use them from a Christian pulpit as we're preaching or in Bible studies or whatnot, people are like, well, I mean, that's just intangible, ambiguous language. Like, what is it to experience peace? But the fact of the matter is, we are still called. To, it doesn't make it any less true that God is calling us to a peace-driven, sanctified life mm-hmm. in Him, to experience His reality. Mm-hmm. And I think when we start to live into the spiritual disciplines, we begin to experience that so that we can then articulate what it actually means. I, I mean, I look yeah. back on the last 12 years of my life, and I can honestly say that as as through through so so much of the grace of God. He has brought me to a point in time to where I can see, see myself 12 years ago and compare myself to now. I'm like, wait a minute. There is so much more peace and rest and hope and joy despite the circumstances yeah. in my life. And if we desire transformation, mm-hmm. you know, Romans 12, then it has to happen through the Word, through the revealed it has to. Word of God. Yeah. Right? And it's, so this is kind of where, and I, I love the segue because this is where we're headed this week. If last week was talking about prayer, and prayer is simply allowing God to tune our hearts to His, there's also a secondary part to this. You can't just pray because what I mean. You mentioned this quote um, earlier yeah. today about like uh, romantic mysticism. Yeah, yeah, Calvin Miller, and this is the the book you referenced early on. This is Dallas Willard's yeah. Spirit of the Disciplines, yes. and it's been around for a while. It I was, has been. I had it open in a coffee shop the other day, and some random guy come up to me. He's oh like, no, kidding! Hey, good book. That's a good one. <laughs> So yeah, pick it up if you if you haven't um, heard. It's kind of difficult to find. Anyways, uh, Calvin Miller he shares in the spirit of the disciplines. Um, yeah, mystics without study are only spiritual romantics mm. who want relationship without effort. Yes, yes. And so, it's like relationship without having to get to know the person yeah, you're in relationship. Mystics with. without study are only spiritual romantics. Yeah, who want relationship without effort. And so, as much as prayer is needed. I mean, it is. We cannot do away with prayer. Prayer is how we actively commune with God, as we already discussed. But then there comes this aspect that we need to get to know the person that we're communing with. We can't just right. simply be in this ambiguous relationship. I mean, it'd be as if I was just sitting here mm-hmm. with you, and we were having a conversation, but it was all about me, and I wasn't asking you about you or your vision or your plans or whatever. That's not a relationship. That's just me saying, wow, I'm so great, and who cares about you? But all of a sudden, when we decide to engage in the Word, we are literally finding the most um, the most significance in the other person of this relationship. Mm-hmm. And we know that the other person is perfect in everything that he has ever done and written and declared. And so when we are yeah. engaging in the Word, all of a sudden, we are allowing... Again, it's this mysterious thing, right? Yeah. Prayer is mysterious because yeah. we, we, we're not quite sure how it's working to transform us. But same way with... Same way with the Word. We're told that the Word is, in Hebrews 4.12, for the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit. I mean, that's pretty yeah. intimate yeah. stuff going on there. Yeah, and you're, it's, feel bad because you're challenged this week. I don't feel bad. This is, it's, yeah. it's good to <laughs> wrestle with that. I mean, I, 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 just learning the discipline of, of sermon prep and study and just sure. that process. Yeah. Um, you know, I've become to appreciate the the wrestling yeah, that yeah. happens because on the back end, like you, you are the Lord just has a way of refining you, it is, right? And it just is, yes. And so, but that was a day for you. I'm like, hey man, how was your day yesterday? He's like, oh, it was it rough. Was, it was rough. <laughs> it was, it was rough. rough. Because wrestling there's so much. It. There's so many 
places by so many authors in mm-hmm. scripture yeah. of just why it's important for this study, yeah. why why the word of God is important, why you should. So I love that that you kind of landed on on Hebrews four, right? And he and because Hebrews four is talking about a this this greater rest and we're going to talk about rest as a discipline so it should be noted this isn't the discipline of rest this is experiencing what it is to enter into the drama of god and to realize um there is nothing more needed from my end of things because in hebrews 4 it talks about entering into the sabbath rest of god well why did god create the sabbath why did god set aside it wasn't because god was tired it was because god looked at his creation and said nothing more is needed it is good. And God is inviting us into that same thing, into mm-hmm. experience that same rest. Again, it's not the discipline of rest. That's a completely different mm-hmm. thing. But this God Sabbath rest that he's inviting us to, yeah. he's inviting us to saying, there is nothing more needed. And, and it's in that rest that we discover the life-giving components of scripture, right? Yes. It's, it's not because, this yes. lifeless effort of you know scholarly study of no. learning. It's like, right. no, it's out of that rest. And it's out of who God is, that now I get to discover more. Is it, you know, it was not hard for me to want to discover more of who my wife, my future wife was. Like I loved learning about her and it was, and it was so enjoyable to, to know the things that she likes and and dislikes and and all that. But it it was out of, um, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't hard. No, it was life giving. and, And honestly, even so it's it's this circle, right? Because the more that you discover the word, the more that you engage with the word is the more that you understand about God. But in doing so, you then understand what God has in store for you. And mm-hmm. so um, it's really the word that leads into the rest. We're told that it, it the word literally is dividing. It's dividing soul from, steer, from spirit. And I was reading just yesterday about how the, when we engage in the word, it is literally breaking down our fleshly, mm-hmm. our fleshly wills, our fleshly intentions, our fleshly desires, and we are giving up of ourselves to God. We are reaching this state of devotement to God, mm-hmm. not because we're perfect, not because that we are in a glorified state at all, by no means, yeah. but we are reaching this point and saying, God, I want myself to be all yours. And this is beautiful place of rest. Not because we're not doing anything, not because we were doing nothing, but because all of a sudden we're resting on what God has for us. And we go back to Ephesians 2 and it says the works that God has created for us. Yes, we are saved by grace through faith and not by works, but yet we were created for works. Mm-hmm. And there's this there's this juxtaposition going on here. Before salvation, we are trying to work things out for ourselves. And even after salvation, as yeah. Christians, we still struggle we still struggle to not work for ourselves, but we are being invited then into the works that God has created for us. We have to, we don't have to create them on our own. Mm-hmm. We don't have to make it uh, make our own purpose or identity. God says, "I already have this for you, mm-hmm. and you can rest in the thing that I have for you." Because no matter what, it will be the most purpose driven, most fulfilling thing you ever do to live into my rest, saying there's nothing more needed on my end. Yeah, yeah. And so so study is this this life-giving component, but I would also um, g- go beyond that and say that this turns in now to an offensive yeah. weapon, yes. this sword, yeah. right? Absolutely. That, that cuts lies. Mm-hmm. It cuts through darkness. It yes. brings light. And, you know, I... I just think, okay, how does this impact us culturally? Mm-hmm. Like, what are the practical pieces mm-hmm. of this? And, you know, I, so in, in preparing today, I, you know, 
Ephesians six, mm-hmm. talking about the armor of God, just just thinking through that, and um, you know that you know the word the word being a sword and, yeah. and that, and then um, backing up a little bit more and understanding, okay, if if the word of God is like our source of truth mm-hmm. too, mm-hmm. Um, then all of a sudden this has all the authority in our mm-hmm. lives mm-hmm. to that leads to unity. 100%. And so... It's the sole objective source, like you said earlier. It's the sole objective source that we can all go to. Yeah. And we, we start to, you know, we start to have a, um, in this postmodern culture where all truth is relative, yeah. you know, we've talked about this in past podcasts. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think for me, it's going to come back to that eventually. But, you know, we are all, we're all craving unity in the church and unity mm-hmm. in the body and unity mm-hmm. and whatever. But that only happens when we have, when we are operating from the same source. That's exactly right. The same objective authority that is found, that is the Word of God. And I think, and I love where you're going with this, because even that, if we're, if we're going to bring all of these spiritual disciplines together, prayer is what we allow, is when we are allowing the Holy Spirit to tune our mm-hmm. hearts, and we must approach Scripture through a heart of prayer, saying, God, this is your Word. I don't want it to be my simply my own interpretation. I don't want it to be simply what I'm reading into it. God, would you reveal yourself so objectively to me? Even because we're going to differ on interpretations, but when we are approaching mm-hmm. the word from a faithful heart, saying, yeah. "God, remove remove my own biases, my mm-hmm. own presuppositions, and create in me a clean heart, O oh God." Right. And it's in that clean heart. And yeah, we're still going to have differences, but ultimately, it is the very thing that unites us together because from it. We are, we are finding our roles yeah. and our purposes and the very things that give us significance in this life. Yeah, and that just comes back to seeking wisdom. <laughs> yeah, that's that, exactly right? what it is. And, you know, wisdom being the application of knowledge and knowing how to use it. That's and, exactly right. You know, that is, wisdom is just understanding the righteousness of God the and who He is. Of, exactly, and laying down your own righteousness, laying down your own thoughts of saying, hey, like, I've got this figured out. I mean, if you look at Proverbs... The Proverbs talk about seeking wisdom. I mean, it's saturated with seeking after wisdom. Seeking yeah. after, and even along with that, it's almost equative in nature. Seeking after wisdom is is the seeking after the Word of God. Yeah. That is that is wisdom manifest. Like, to seek after the Word of God is to seek after wisdom. Because again, the Word of God is a manifestation, is the revelation of God, of the righteousness of God, of God's love mm-hmm. for us. Yeah. And... You know, internally, you know, our hope uh, over the next handful of years here at this church mm-hmm. is for just increased biblical literacy. Yeah. Not for yeah. the sake of just more knowledge, but no. for the sake of no. all of the other things that we've just mentioned here. Yes. Um, is reminded John eight forty four talks about mm-hmm. Satan just being the father of lies, and his, his kingdom yeah. is built on those lies. Yeah. And but God's kingdom. Is is built on what truth? Right, truth of who he is, and so we combat the lies by speaking truth. There's a reason why the meditation of Scripture leads. Write these words on my heart, mm-hmm. right, yeah. that I might be able to um, react, respond accordingly right. when I'm when I face trials exactly and tribulations. Right. The reason why I'm teaching my kids Scripture is because I want them to live into that. Yes, and so. When they, as as they memorize, as they understand, um, 
who God is through the memorization of Scripture, it begins to transform and they become conformed yes. to and going, the kingdom of God, not right, the kingdom of this world. Right, and like go, going back to what you said with Daniel, it literally changes their identity. Their identity is rested upon the foundation of truth. So that when the world is throwing all of these things at them, trying to question their identity, I mean, going back to... Adam and Eve with right. the serpent and the the serpent questioned Eve's identity or really questioned God mm-hmm. and said, are you really going to die? And so yeah. when, when the world starts throwing us doubts and all of these mm-hmm. things like, well, is this really going to happen? All of a sudden your children as being founded on this objective source of truth, all of a sudden they don't have to be tossed to and fro yeah. by the waves of the world, yeah. but they can rest steadily on the foundation of truth. So that sort of the spirit that is the word of God, all of a sudden we, if we live in a culture that puts everything in a box mm-hmm. of, you know, liberal, conservative, Democrat, Republican, pro-life, um, pro-choice, yeah. all of these things, yep. the sort of the spirit just kind of scribbles all those lines up. It really does. And, and it breaks down all of those other identity markers. Yep. Right. Yep. That the world is trying to throw on you. Yep. Even unfortunately the church is trying to, to, to place. And what it does, it says, no, this is our source of truth. This right. is who you are. Right. This is what it means to be a citizen of, of the kingdom of God. That's exactly it. Not of, a, not of a party of this world. And you can't get there unless you are engaging in the word. You, right. cannot, you cannot understand your place. You cannot understand your identity. You cannot understand why you were created unless you are engaging in the Word of God and understanding who God is, coming to know Him, coming to know what He's doing and His plan. Because if you don't know His plan, then you will never find out what His plan is for you. Mm-hmm. And if you're not finding out what His plan is for you, then you don't know your true identity. You can't possibly understand what God wants to do with you mm-hmm. and the role that he has for you. And this goes beyond our vocations. If you are a teacher, a coach, an engineer, a doctor, yeah. this role that God has for us, for you and for me, goes well beyond any vocation. And that doesn't say that we just toss our vocations to the side. It's how mm-hmm. we then live into our vocations, the roles that he has given us. Yeah, yeah. And I keep coming back to th- this word yield, you know, and oh, rest yeah. rest is probably the synonym to it yep. in this context. But yep. you know, it, it it just it just requires us to yield and to 100%. to just carve out the time to allow ourselves. But we don't like that. We to, don't like to yield. No, we want to maintain control. <laughs> right. We want to be the one who is going but, ahead of everything. Right. But that comes down to serving two masters. A- absolutely. Right. So who is the one you're serving and what are you living for? Right. Are you white knuckling right. this life? Right. Or are you willing to lose it for the sake of the kingdom That's and it. in so gaining all of it? That's it. I mean, I mean, think about it. I mean, when we if we're using this idea of yielding, um, if we were talking about this earlier before the podcast, yielding ourselves to sleep. And again, we come back to rest. Mm-hmm. What does it mean to sleep? But to be in the most vulnerable position you'll yeah. ever find yourself when you yeah. Every single defense is down. You are no longer in control, but we know we need it. We, we don't know why, like doctors don't know why we need sleep. They don't understand why we need to get this sleep and this rest, but we know we need it. And without it, we will surely die. And how much more so then if, we're, if, if, if rest mm-hmm. is, is vulnerable and risky, then, but we have a God that when we're resting in him, yeah. there is no vulnerability. There yeah. is no risk. And yeah, from a, from a worldly point of view, maybe there is all the risk in the world. But again, going back to Daniel and, and his three friends, as the three friends were tossed into the fire, they said, but even if not, even if the Lord doesn't rescue us from this fire, we will still glorify God and we will not worship 
Mm-hmm. You know, our identities won't change, and they they will have lived a more fulfilling life than someone who has never been thrown into the fire ever. Yeah. And again, we on this on this side of eternity, mm-hmm. um, we're called to live into that sanctified life. Yeah. Right. Um, through the yielding, that's why we're going through these different spiritual disciplines. Yep. Yep. Right. Is is yielding ourselves, allowing God to to work in us to change us. Um, so that we might be fruitful for His kingdom. That's exactly right. Uh, you know if, that we are we are created uh, for works. Yes. Yes. You know, out of the grace that is given to us, yep. right? And that's what it means to love your neighbor is to is to do things for them, is to right. love them, is right. to right. to um, care for them. Yes. Those are the good works we're talking that's about. The, those are the good works. That it's it's the great commandments, right? It, it is. It is, and it's it's and it's living into the spiritual kingdom. I think so often. I mean, the low hanging fruit that we get so distracted by that we just want to settle for mm-hmm. are the, is the physical kingdom, the physical realities, yeah. the, the material things that we can mm-hmm. gain, or or whatever the re- the physical relationships we can gain. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, I would make the argument that the spiritual reality is the greater reality because it's in mm-hmm. the spiritual reality that we discover God. Yeah. Because as Christians, we are told that God dwells with us. Now, I don't know about you, I don't see God dwelling with you physically right now, which tells me that there is a something deeper going on when mm-hmm. God when we're told that God dwells with us. And so therefore it's spiritual it's a spiritual realm mm-hmm. that all of a sudden we need to live into, which sounds kind of cultish. Like, oh, as long as it, once we reach that spiritual, that spiritual reality, yeah. then. But yeah. unfortunately, it's just language that's been used and abused, like I mentioned before. But that doesn't take away from the actual reality of it. Yeah, and the significance of it. I mean, isn't that isn't that where Paul talks about in Ephesians six? Like, that's where the real battle is. Yes. Right. Yes. And if, if you're not seeing it, you're missing it. And so pray for eyes to see. Yes. For eyes to be open into what what the Lord's actually doing in that in that extra dimension. I think, I mean, what does it say there in Ephesians 6, 12? For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, even though we think we do. We think that our main concern yeah. is with the physical realities yeah. of this world. Yeah. But it says, oh, we, don't, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness. And let it be known, when he's talking about rulers and authorities in present darkness, these are the, and it says, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. This is the true battle, because ultimately, yeah. like Jesus said, yeah. look at you can gain this entire world. You can be the most successful, richest, famous, whatever, fill-in-the-blank man, woman, whatever in the world. But if you lose your soul, you have gained nothing. Mm-hmm. This is why we are pursuing after the spiritual disciplines, because we understand that there's a greater reality. Yeah. And for us, I mean, how, and I said this on Sunday, how selfish is, is it of us as pastors to where we, we are literally... Uh, commissioned as our job to be broken down by the spirit mm. to then communicate that process to our congregation. Yeah. I mean, yeah. how wonder, I mean, there's, there yeah. can't be a better job. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. There just truly is I no better it. job than to be broken down by the spirit yeah. to experience the greater reality and then to help articulate and help bring others to that same, that same reality. Yeah. And there's no more humbling position. No. To take <laughs> than that yeah, either, you're right. Right. You're right. <laughs> So, so each week on Sunday morning, we've been, we've been coming back to First Thessalonians, right? And so I think that's kind of how we wanted to end our time today as well, is in yeah. the midst of this, just coming back to, and just reminding ourselves that it is He who does this. Yeah. Which, is, which is beautiful because in the same way that, in the same way that when we sleep, 
we don't do anything. Yeah, we make the intentional decision. Okay, I'm gonna go to sleep now, but we don't actually, we don't flip a switch and turn our brains off. It is him. Mm -hmm. It is, and so when we enter the rest of God, it is God who brings us into this sleep. It, it is God who brings us into this, this yeah. rest. Yeah. And so we're sitting in First, First Thessalonians 5:23, and it says, "May the now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it." That's the ESV that I'm reading out of. So, so let it be this week. Yield yourself over. Open the Word of God. Allow Him to speak life into you. Speak wisdom over you. Um, so that we may live lives of righteousness, sanctified unto him.